0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين لا شريك له وبذلك أمرت وأنا أول المسلمين Sadaqallahu azim Most respected mothers and sisters, students of deen. Last week we had discussed some aspects about ikhlas, about sincerity.
1: And as we mentioned
0: last week, that this is a subject that no matter how much Emphasis is placed on it It will be less It will still be insufficient Because this is the root of everything The root of all the good And also the root of all the destruction If the root is good Then the good will come out of it If the root is corrupted the root is Spoiled then the outcome will be likewise. So this is the entire essence of everything. And we therefore have to put a great amount of effort in constantly trying to bring this ikhlas within ourselves. Nobody can claim that they have achieved ikhlas. This is a very great thing. But as long as we keep trying, as long as we keep making this effort, then inshallah, we will start inching forward with the fuzzle of Allah ta'ala. That is the system Allah ta'ala has placed in the world. subulana. That those who will strive, who will make an effort to gain the nearness of Allah ta'ala, to gain the qualities that Allah ta'ala has commanded us to achieve, the ikhlas, and all the other various things, then Allah Ta'ala out of His Fazl, out of His grace, out of His mercy, Allah Ta'ala will bless a person with that for which he has been striving for Allah Ta'ala alone. So, in terms of this ikhlas, just to take it a little bit further today, that what is this ikhlas all about? Just to first quickly recap the example of the tree that we took last week that the example of ikhlas is the root and the tree is what is on the outside. Our a'mal, our actions, what we say, what we do, all this is on the outside. It's like the branches the leaves, the flowers, whatever else. And the root is hidden. So you see the trunk, you see the branches, you see the leaves, you see the flowers, all these things are things that are visible. But the root is under the ground. The root is not visible. The root is hidden. But because that root is a healthy root, and it has gone very deep, to the extent of his depth and to the extent of how healthy the root is and the root is there to start off with then the tree will stand and then we'll see that beautiful tree growing and then you'll see the beautiful flowers coming onto it and it will be giving the shade and then it will be giving the fruit and as we discussed that if the fruit is of a very high quality because of the root nourishing it then that fruit will become export quality And it will then be exported to far corners of the world. But the root is hidden. Nobody can see the root. But it's all coming from the root. Likewise, our a'mal, what we are saying, what we are doing, all this is visible to people. But the ikhlas is inside the heart. The niyat and the intention of a person, what is he doing, but why is he doing it? What he is doing, people can see. But why is he doing it? What is the motivation behind that action? A person has made salam to somebody. What motivated that salam? Was it the motivation that salam is a shi'ar, it is a distinguishing sign of deen? So therefore, this is something you must make amal on. There are so many virtues of making salam. The person who will initiate the salam, make salam first, al-badi salam bari um Min al-kibr Nabi Islam says the one who will initiate the salam be the first to make salam such a person will become free of pride it will clean out the pride this seems to be a very simple thing make salam first and such a major thing get clean of pride outwardly it seems a very very small thing but look at it in context you have had some problem with somebody some family member, sometimes a mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, now suddenly something, there has been some problem, The some friend of ours, some relative, whoever it may be, now there is some problem, and sometimes people then, now each one is avoiding the other. When you see the person coming from the opposite end, you suddenly remember that you forgot something, you suddenly remember that you forgot something, forgot nothing, But suddenly it is made to appear that the person is now suddenly searching for something in the pocket or whatever and they realize they forgot it so they are taking a U-turn quickly to go and bring what they forgot. Meanwhile they forgot nothing. They just, mm, all this is just a plan to avoid passing that person now. That person is coming from the opposite end. Now if I pass that person now I am going to have to make salam or reply to the salam or whatever. So I rather take a U-turn but now just to cover up and it doesn't become too obvious why I am taking the U-turn I will start just fiddling in my pocket or just checking in my something in my packet or that I got in my hand oh I seem to have forgotten something take a U-turn and gone. The whole idea is to avoid meeting the person. Now in such a situation where I have to pass the person I've got some problem with but I be the first to make salam that is something that takes a lot. That takes ikhlas. That takes a person to have the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Now such a person who will initiate the salam, that pride will break from inside. Outwardly, it seems a small thing. Now somebody is very friendly with us and we are friendly with the person. We want to be in the person's company. So we will see the person will definitely make salam first, Inshallah. Though unfortunately nowadays even that too is dying out. Salam itself is dying out we meet one another and start off with talking things, we phone one another, we start off with talking things and there's no salam. Whereas this is a shi'ar of deen, it's a distinguishing sign of deen. First salam, then everything else. So in any case, is such a great thing, salam. al badi ubi salam bari ummin al-kibr. The person who will initiate the salam, that person will become free of pride. last Nabi salaam is giving this certificate. So now this person is Coming and we are making salam first. What is our intention? That I become free of pride, I get the virtues of making salam, I get the virtues of getting closer to Allah, wa ta'ala, to Nabi. Wa sallam. So now, this motivation and this niyat of that salam will achieve all this for us. All this good intention will bring these virtues for us, it will clean our pride, all these things will happen. When a person made the salam with the right intention, he'll achieve a lot. And another person made the salam the same salam. He didn't make anything else. But what was the motivation now? The motivation was to attract somebody's attention to oneself that this person must notice me, I'm around. And if he notices that I'm around, actually he's dishing out something or he's intending to dish out something, so I'll get some dunya. So the idea was to catch the person's attention for dunya. Now that that action became dunya. So there is no reward that can be expected for something that was done purely for dunya. So now the same action was done, but the motivation changed. The reason for the action changed. So either it became, in the first instance, something that took a person closer to Allah Ta'ala, in the second instance it became dunya, and took a person away from Allah Ta'ala. A person is helping somebody, uh, this is one very simple example that somebody gave once. Since there's two people, two women were walking. And who were they? They were co-wives. Both were married to the same husband. First was the one wife and then he got married to the second wife. So they both walking together. Subhanallah. Very, very unique situation. Even more unique than that was that the one wife was carrying the child of the other wife. So the one wife is carrying, the first wife, for example, is carrying the wife of the second child. She's carrying and walking with the uh, carrying the child and walking with him. So somebody observed this, they said, Subhanallah. Now imagine as it is, it's known in the whole world that co wives, they are co wives, but they can't coexist. Illa mashaAllah. So any case, that's a different story altogether, but we get into the example that uh, now the one wife is carrying the child of the other wife and walking. So somebody observes this and says, Subhanallah, what a thing. Imagine what a heart this woman has got. That number one, normally co-wives can't co-exist. She is walking alongside the co-wife too. The second wife on top of that, she is the first wife. And then she is even carrying the child of the first wife too. Subhanallah, what a heart this person has got. So they marveled at this. Any case, somebody was very curious that this is something unique. I need to know the secret behind this. How does a person achieve this kind of thing? So this person who was very curious, later on, she met this first wife. And she said, look, I saw this and I really marveled at it. That you were carrying the... Your own child was walking. You made your own child walk. You're holding the hand of your one child and you're walking him. And this child of your co-wife, your you carrying and walking so I really marveled at this what a heart you have what's the secret behind this so that woman replied quietly she said don't tell anybody I was actually carrying that child and making my child walk so that my child gets stronger and this child doesn't get so strong now the whole thing turned around outwardly it was an action of great compassion she's carrying her co-wise child so that that child she's out of compassion that's what it looked like But what was the motivation? This child mustn't grow as stronger as my child. My child must get this exercise. And this child must get left weak. Now imagine the same amal, but it got turned totally upside down. The whole niyat collapsed everything. And it became the opposite of good. It became bad. It became that where a person was supposed to get sawab, the person is actually gaining the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. Because a mu'min should be a well-wisher for every believer. Wish well for the person in every sense. Here this is ill-wishing. Now what changed it? The niyad. What made the whole amal become a musibat? The niyad. Outwardly what a good thing. But the niyad made it such a bad thing. So this is the issue of niyad. This is the issue of ikhlas. That ikhlas requires that everything be done with the right intention. Everything being be done solely for Allah Ta'ala and for the good of people. That there isn't any ill intention involved in it. Like in the Hadith Sharif, it comes that لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ مَا يحب That a person is not a believer until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. Now what is this all about? This all comes down to intention. That a person is dealing with the next person in such a way as he would like to be dealt with himself. Now for example, I wish to do something for some, uh, whatever it is, or for example somebody else has decided to do something. They decided to open up a business. Now I am looking at that and I am thinking, what am I thinking? I'm thinking, hey, I hope this doesn't work out for this person because if it works out, he's going to start flying high and then I won't be able to compete with him. So that entire intention has made me an ill-wisher for the person, for the fellow Muslim. And Nabi Salaam says that that person who does not wish well for his fellow Muslim is not a mu'min, he's not a believer. The muhaddisin have then explained that this means that his iman is not complete. But what a severe way of expressing it. La yu'mino. Such a person is not a mu'min. So there are so many things in our day to day life that this intention will keep coming up. That what is our motivation in something? We are saying something, we are doing something, something that relates to anybody associated with us, or in general, somebody that will affect somebody else. Affect somebody's work. Affect somebody's life. Affect somebody's marriage. Affect somebody's income maybe. Whatever it will affect. Now this is, I am going to say something. I am going to do something. But what is the reason I am saying this? or I am doing that. Now this is that aspect that we have to keep checking within ourselves. The aspect of intention. And as long as a person doesn't have a bad intention. This to Allah wa ta'ala rewards him for it. For example, in, in day-to-day things that is, in what we call worldly things, but a person doesn't have any ill intention in it. Like it comes in the Hadith Sharif, a person has planted a tree. Now when he planted the tree, he planted the tree so that he'll benefit. He didn't have any wrong intention. I'm planting this tree... So that this tree will grow up It will be such a Perfect tree so to say That I will be able to boast about it In front of everybody else Obviously boasting that's haram That has destroyed this whole thing But he didn't have any wrong intention He just planted it I will benefit from it I will see the roses maybe It was a fruit tree I will eat the fruit He put some rose tree I will see the roses and I will feel happy I will get the fragrance of the rose So there is It's a personal benefit, but there's nothing wrong in that benefit. Now the tree grew. But before he got to the tree, before he got to the fruit, the monkeys came and they enjoyed themselves. Somebody else came and just broke something. This person will still get the reward of having fed that fruit. Whereas he didn't even make that intention. But this is the grace and mercy of Allah. That he didn't have any wrong intention. He didn't have a corrupted intention. He didn't have an intention of harming somebody or to boast in front of somebody. So, that intention, which was free from all corruption, that intention also is bringing him sawab, though he didn't get to the fruit, he didn't eat it, nothing. But he's getting sawab for it. So, the main thing is that we don't have any corrupted intention. Now, many a times, people, unfortunately, everybody in this time that we are living in, everybody is bored. What do I do with my time? This is everybody's story. What do I do with my time? I'm bored. So now because they're bored, now they want to go overboard. Now they want to go and roam around the bazaars and the malls and the halls and all places where all kinds of intermingling is taking place and whatever else other things that are far away from deen are happening. But now we are bored. So now in that bored, they're starting to become overboard. So this is something which somebody starts planting something in their own garden, whether it is some vegetables, whether it is something else. Now, on the one hand, the so-called time that they don't know what to do with it, they're getting some leisure out of this. But, whoever will eat out of it, they'll get savaab out of it also. So, this is something which all again comes that they're not doing it with the wrong intention, they're doing it with the right intention, But this right intention is bringing such great benefits. That right intention might have even been personal benefit. But that right intention is bringing this great sawab that the person will achieve. Whoever will eat out of that vegetable, that fruit, the plantings, whatever, some spices. So this is something to think about. That what are we doing? To keep thinking about our action, our words, our deeds... Then what is the motivation? As long as we don't have, we keep making sure we don't have any wrong motivations behind something. The Akabir, the Ahlullah, one of their statements is that, Ikhlas qalb ki nigrani kanam hai. What is the meaning of Ikhlas? That a person keeps guarding the heart, keeps checking the heart, as long as nothing is happening with the wrong motivation. There's some, and we look at it deep down sometimes. Outwardly on the surface everything is fine But the nafs is playing its part The nafs has got some agenda behind it And because we have got a very uh, attractive covering over it Meaning the outward niyat The outward niyat is very fine But un- inside the outward niyat sometimes is some all kinds of nafsani uh, motivations So we need to dig beneath the surface of our words, our deeds and check that just keep guarding against the nafs creeping in. This is the meaning of ikhlas. Kalb ki nigrani ka naam hai. That that nafs mustn't creep in. From on top, from the surface to its fine is correct. Deeper down to its correct. Because the root is deep down, the root is hidden. And the deeper the root will go, the better that will be for the tree. there will be more nourishment, it will grow better. So the deeper the ikhlas, the more that the nafs has been guarded against, that the nafs mustn't creep in at any point, then the deeper this root will go, the deeper the ikhlas will be, and the greater the benefit will be thereafter, the better the fruit will be, the further the branches will spread out. So this ikhlas is something we have to keep looking at. In fact, this ikhlas is such a simple thing sometimes, if you look at it from one angle, From one angle, it's a very, very delicate thing. And it is such a uh, fine line also. On the other side, Allah Ta'ala has made it so simple also. That a person does something even to please somebody for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Now outwardly, he's pleasing human beings. Outwardly, the person is pleasing, he's doing an action to please a human being. But he wants to please that person for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. إِدْخَالُ فِي قَلْبِ This too is included in that ikhlas. Now sometimes a person uh, is told that, uh, you see if you do this, your ustad, or your apa will become happy with you. So suddenly there there's a josh of ikhlas. Say, no, you mustn't do anything to make anybody happy. You must do it only for Allah's sake. So I'm not going to go and ask for any forgiveness and make anybody happy. You must do it for Allah's sake. When I now feel in my heart, that I'm doing it only for Allah, then I'll think about it. For now, I don't do it to make anybody happy. Now suddenly, when it came to ask for forgiveness for something, or ask forgiveness from our parents, or ask forgiveness from our brothers and sisters for something, now suddenly that ikhlas suddenly came in our mind. That if I'm doing it for people, then this is not the worth. Whereas, if we're doing it to make somebody's heart happy, that person must get happy. And why do we want to make that person happy? To make the person happy also is ibadat. To make somebody happy also within the limits of shariat and deen, that too is also ibadat. In fact, that is one of the greatest ibadats after the farais, after the compulsory acts of deen. We do something to make the heart of a mu'min happy, obviously within the limits of shariat and deen. Then that is among the greatest ibadats. And Allah Ta'ala rewards this tremendously. So now we said something, we did something to make somebody happy for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Not to attract the person's attention to ourselves, to make him happy. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned, once Nabi said to Hazrat Abu Musash Ari that last night when you were reciting Quran Sharif in Salah then I came past and I overheard it. And لَقَدْ مِزْمَارًا مِّنْ مَزَامِيرِ That you have been granted the beautiful voice of Dawood alayhi salam. In other words, your voice compares with the beautiful voice with the, like Dawood alayhi salam, was given. He had an extremely beautiful voice. When he used to recite the Tawrat, uh, the the Zabur, then even the birds would come and listen to his recitation. Such a melodious voice Allah had given him. So, as Abu Musash Ali r.a, Nabi s.a.w. is saying to him, that you to have been granted like, a, the voice, like the voice of Hazrat Dawud alayhi So in other words, Nabi s.a.w. expressed his enjoyment at listening to the recitation of Hazrat Abu Musash Ali ta'ala his happiness on this. So when Abu Musash Ali r.a heard this, he said to Nabi s.a.w. that I didn't know you were listening. Had I known you were listening... I would have beautified my voice even more. Had I known you were listening, I would have recited even better. Now outwardly, this seems to be recitation for makhluk, recitation for other than Allah Ta'ala. But that wasn't the issue here. He wasn't reciting in order to establish himself, to make it sound that I'm a very great Qari. Where that I comes in the way, then that I is a very dangerous thing. It wasn't for the sake of I, it wasn't for the sake of my nafs, that I should be regarded as somebody, that I should be praised, that I should be regarded as a very great alim, or a very great qari, or a very great muallim, or a very intelligent student, or somebody who has some excellent qualities in this and that and the other, I should be respected, and I should be given acknowledgement no eye specialist. I is forgotten in the whole scene. The issue was simply, Allah's Nabi, subhanallah, he gets happy. What a great thing. To make his heart happy. Allah Ta'ala will be happy. So he expressed this, that had I known O Nabi of Allah, Sallallahu Wasallam, that you were listening, I would have recited even better. Why? Because you will get happier. Not because I will become something. You'll become happier. That Subhanallah, what a wonderful way the Quran and the Kalam of Allah Ta'ala is being recited. So, like that, a person does something to please their seniors. It not to attract attention towards oneself, but to make the heart of the next person happy. To please their parents. The wife is doing something to please the husband. The husband is doing something to please the wife. These things are extremely great things. This, too, is part of Ikhlas. This is not against Ikhlas. Our principal Hazrat a Mufti mentioned an incident which had been told to him directly by somebody which pertained to the family and he narrated this incident that there was one lady who has passed away some years back here in Durban and many years ago's incident this was maybe some 35-40 years ago and one day late at night it was past midnight, it was a cold winter's night, past midnight. And the husband woke up that this uh, 10 to 15 people have come from Cape Town now. to was a Jamaat or something. This was about 25-30 years ago story. That this these people have come now and they are hungry and we need to entertain them, we need to at least feed them. So, This woman woke up without any kind of uh, expression, negative expression on the face. And she immediately got busy and in a short time, whatever was possible to prepare quickly and that was presented to the guests, 10-15 people at that time, whatever could be done and happily, wholeheartedly, she presented this. Now that incident came and went. And these people also were extremely appreciative that at this part of the night, a cold night, and this hot food and everything is being presented to them in this manner. So what du'as might have come out of their hearts as well? Wallah, we don't understand what the benefit of that du'a is which comes out from somebody's heart. We have no idea. And that is very much a part from the dua that is asked of people. That is something we have to keep doing. We have discussed this many times before. That we have to ask for du'as also. This is also established from Sunnah. Especially the pious the elders. We request their du'as. We ask them to make du'a for us. But there is something called taking du'as. And that is where somebody is treated in such a way. Somebody is uh, dealt with in such a way. That even sometimes a person hasn't even moved his lips, hasn't even said anything with his tongue. The person hasn't even sometimes uttered anything. But there's something that happened in the heart of that person, out of that appreciation, out of that happiness. That subhanallah, what a thing this person has done for me. This child of mine has done such a thing. This uh, spouse of mine has gone out of the way. Oh my brother has done this for me or my sister has done this for me or my friend has done this for me and that some dua comes out from the depth of the heart that dua is something else that dua is something special and especially when we get this type of dua where we have taken this dua from the pious from the elders, from the seniors then that has some very special effect about it so Allah knows best that these people were out in the path of Allah Ta'ala and what du'a might have come out from their hearts, Allah Talai alone knows. In any case, time passed. This lady passed away. One of the children mentioned to Mufti Sahib this incident, and he said that I was extremely attached to my mother, and this kept on coming in my heart that Ya Allah, and I kept on making this du'a, Ya Allah, show me what has been granted to my mother as a sort of source of consolation because of that great attachment he had and now his mother had passed on and this grief that had overcome him so he repeatedly made dua in this manner and he says one day I saw a dream obviously this is something that we cannot make a masla about but these are indications these are something that we can take a lesson from and he says that I saw in such a wonderful place that I had never seen before and this home she had was something beyond description And in particular, this kitchen that she had in that home. We all want the ideal kitchen and the best kitchen. Here she was granted something which cannot be described and she was in high spirits and extremely happy. And he says that Allah knows best, but it seems linked to this this incident that how she pleased the guests, the mehman, and Allah Ta'ala rewarded her accordingly. We have no idea what in reality is the link But these are indications. Why did he specifically see the kitchen? What a wonderful kitchen beyond description she has been given. Allah alone knows. But these things seem, there's links that appear there. And this is the lesson. That this ikhlas, that at that time, a very difficult thing for anybody to wake up at that time of the night. Person is tired. Then a cold night on top of that. And then to work, to do something at that time, to start cooking, which is not an easy thing. But it was done with ikhlas. It was done with the right motivation. It was done to please the mehman. Not to impress them, to please them, that they'll be happy. That too is ikhlas. As long as it's not done to create some kind of impression for oneself. No, no. The mehman must get happy. The person has come, the mehman must get happy must live happily. That too is ikhlas. As long as it is not to enhance oneself, that becomes the wrong intention. So, how simple it has become. What a simple thing. Outwardly, we do these things in this manner. Just to guard, now a person does something for his own children, a person does something for his parents, a person does something for his brothers and sisters sometimes, does something for his neighbor, does something for The the husband does something for the wife The wife does something for the husband It's natural, it's human nature that we do these things To please the next person That's fine, that's also part of ikhlas the, the student does, does something for the teacher That is part of ikhlas To make the teacher happy It's part of ikhlas But we just have to guard the heart Ikhlas That we guard the heart That the wrong intention mustn't creep in mustn't be to enhance myself, to make an impression for myself, or to gain some dunya out of this. That mustn't become the intention. So how simple it is, and how easy Allah has made this ikhlas, yet at the same time, it's a very fine line. It's something that we have to be very careful also about. And especially when it comes to aspects, the amal of deen, then this is something very, very delicate. That this must not be in any way done for makhluk. Otherwise then that whole amal, that whole salah, that tilawat, that fasting, that hajj, that umrah, that charity, all this will get destroyed, rather it will become a means of musibat for the person. The mashayikh state that there are various things that a person that will make it easy to acquire this ikhlas for a person. The greatest thing when this is achieved, this first aspect, when this is achieved, then the ikhlas will become very, very simple. And the wasawis and the straight thoughts against ikhlas, the straight thoughts of riyah and all the other aspects of pride, etc., this too will be minimized tremendously. And to the extent the person progresses in this one, First aspect, to that extent all the waswasas of Riyah and all the other things will be even more reduced. What is this first aspect? This is the aspect of the azmat of Allah Ta'ala. And simultaneously understanding the reality of makhluk. The greatness of Khaliq and keeping in front the reality of makhluk. To the extent the person has the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in his heart. And the reality of makhluk is what? ya nasu antumul Allah Ta'ala addresses all of mankind. That antumul fuqara all of you are fuqara, completely in need. Now a person keeps in mind this reality, that the rest of the makhluk is also just as needy like I am. Totally in need of Allah Ta'ala. Every one of the makhluk they are not in a position to be able to do anything of their own accord for me. So, what am I going to achieve out of trying to impress them? And what, and accordingly, when a person has the azmat of Allah Ta'ala in his heart, and to the extent the azmat of Allah Ta'ala has developed in his heart, then he understands that Allah Ta'ala's happiness is everything, and There is nothing to be achieved out of trying to get the praises of people. People must praise me. People must look up at me. What is going to be achieved out of that? Allah Ta'ala must be happy with me. To the extent that He will develop the azmat of Allah Ta'ala. And this comes from pondering over the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. By pondering over the creation of Allah Ta'ala. SubhanAllah. Allah Ta'ala has created everything. The skies, the earth, the oceans, the trees, the flowers, the animals, the human beings... Allah Ta'ala is makhluk and Allah Ta'ala has power of everything in one moment one uh, hurricane comes what happens in places overseas at the moment people are without uh, some of their homes have been totally destroyed and what else have ha- has happened in a few moments one little moment Allah Ta'ala shakes the earth and there is an earthquake a severe earthquake hundreds of thousands of people sometimes are gone in that So what is the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala? Subhanallah. This azmat of Allah Ta'ala then must come in the heart. Everything therefore has to be done for this one great, for the greatness, Allah Ta'ala is the greatest and for Him alone everything should be done. So to that extent, the person now won't be looking for the praises of people. And the praises of people is a very superficial thing. We shouldn't get carried away with it. People praise us one moment and then something just goes wrong that same person who was talking all the long, long praises suddenly says, there's nobody like this, nobody worse than this person. So we shouldn't get carried away with those praises. It doesn't mean anything. And we should avoid praising people too much also. Both things should be side by side. We shouldn't get carried away with people's praises. And this too is not a good thing that we keep praising people, especially on a, praising a person on the face. This is not a good thing at all. In the hadith it comes, that a person who is praised on the face, فَقَدْ زُبِحَ بِغَيْرِ <سِكِّين> It is like slaughtering the person without a knife. In other words, we are putting the person in a major musibah. We might even create pride in the person's heart. Now we became the means of that pride. One is that somebody has really annihilated his nafs. That's a different thing. The other thing is for the sake of encouragement. Now and then, somebody is encouraged by some words of encouragement, praise also in a little bit, once in a while, that's something in place. The parents will praise the child sometimes, the teacher will praise the student sometimes. Once in a while, there's something that's needed to encourage the person, then that will be done for the sake of encouragement. But where this becomes a kind of habit of ours, then that is not a correct thing, that is not a good thing. We should be very careful about that. So, we can sometimes become the means of putting somebody else into fitna. So that is something that needs to be done within limits, where there is a need for it. And with the right motivation and intention also. Otherwise that too can become a problem for us, for others also. So when a person has the azmat of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, then that azmat of Allah Ta'ala will automatically negate the, uh, will will remove the gaze from the makhluk, from the creation of Allah Ta'ala. And now the person won't be looking around for praises. Then the person will be happy and content. Somebody acknowledges, doesn't acknowledge, but, what does it matter? Allah Ta'ala knows, Allah Ta'ala is watching. So this is the first thing. That we try to inculcate and improve, strengthen the azmat of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts. And to the extent that happens, to that extent ikhlas will come. And to that extent the wasavis and the stray thoughts of riya and all these things will disappear. If a person hasn't yet achieved this The person has not yet Managed to gain that level of Azmat of Allah Ta'ala in the heart Then a lower thing Is that a person Keeps reminding oneself That Allah Ta'ala knows What is in my heart Allah Ta'ala is watching Allah Ta'ala is aware The highest thing is the Azmat of Allah Ta'ala This is now one degree Under that That a person keeps reminding oneself When the azmat has grown, then that automatically is all the time in the mind. But now the azmat is not there, so this will require to remember, to bring to mind, Allah Ta'ala knows what is in my heart. And when Allah Ta'ala knows what is in my heart, now I am going to try to please somebody else for the sake of enhancing my position. Then I am dropping my position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. I am trying to just impress people, then I am making Allah Ta'ala displeased. Is this something worthwhile? I'm going to try to impress people who are themselves tomorrow going to be gone, and I'm going to have to face Allah Taala, who is the ever living. So, is that anything that is sensible? So, to bring this to mind repeatedly, Allah Taala is watching. Allah Taala is aware of everything. And the least level of this is that if that too has not yet been achieved, then a person simply has mercy on himself. A person simply has mercy on himself. Why do I want to destroy my amal? I am taking all the effort, I am taking all the pain to do something. Let me have mercy on myself and do it correctly, do it with the right intention. Because I want to try and impress somebody so that they may think good of me. They will think good of me that is in their heart. I got no control of the heart of the person. I can only do something to try and impress the person. But I got no control over that person's heart to turn it in a certain direction. When I will do something to impress people so that they think good of me, Allah Tala will turn their hearts against me. What I achieved? Achieved nothing. Dunya is gone also. Akhirat is gone also. Let me rather just do what I am doing for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and have mercy on myself. Why destroy my amal? Why waste it? Why do it for somebody else and waste it? As it is, I can't even get the dunya with that. They outwardly might seem to be impressed but Allah Ta'ala will turn their hearts and look at the show off. and hey, Look at this person, man. It doesn't seem something right here. The person doesn't seem to be doing it correctly with the right intention. That will come in the heart. Allah Ta'ala will put it in the heart. So we lost dunya, we lost akhirat also. So what is the use? So this least but is that before any amal just bring this to mind let me be uh, fair to myself and let me have mercy on myself. Why I am doing all this, I am taking the effort, I am giving this charity, I am doing this work, I am this, making this tilawat, making this namaz, why destroy it now? Why destroy my own effort? This is the least level. Obviously, the highest level, the wasavis will be very little, totally minimized. The lower level, the wasavis will come accordingly too. And the third level, the wasavis will be accordingly. But this too is a minimum. That a person has mercy on himself and he avoids doing something that will destroy with such intentions that will destroy his amal. So, may Allah wa Ta'ala grant me also this great wealth of ikhlas granted to all of us. Allah Ta'ala make us do everything solely for His pleasure and save us from doing anything with any wrong intention, with any ill intention. Enable us to keep guarding this heart of ours that in any action of ours. The nafs must not creep in in any degree, deep down in the under the surface also. The nafs must not creep in in any way. Whatever we do, we can camouflage it, but we can't hide it from Allah wa Taala. We can camouflage it with some good niyat on the top, but what is inside Allah Taala is aware. That root is under the ground. Allah Taala is aware. So we keep reminding ourselves of this. Allah Taala is away. Allah is watching. And why should I destroy my amal? In this way, we will get the benefit of it in this world also and the real benefit in the hereafter may allah tabarak wa taala grant us az-ikhlas wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin allahumma lakal hamdu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama asnayta ala nafsik jazallaahu 'anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa wa ahlihi اللهم إن نسألك من خير ما سألك من هنبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعذك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم إن نسألك إيماناً كاملاً اللهم إن نسألك إخلاصاً كاملاً اللهم إنا نعوذ بك أن نشرك بك شيء ونحن نعلم ونعوذ بك مما لا نعلم <monster> ya Allah, ya Allah, grant us this wealth of ikhlas, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your, ya Allah, servants, ya Allah. Everything that we do, ya Allah, let it be solely for Your pleasure, ya Allah. Ilahul ya, ya Allah, enable us to, ya Allah, save ourselves from doing anything with any nafs, any interference of the nafs in it, ya Allah. ya Allah, You protect our hearts, ya Allah. Ya Allah, our hearts are also in Your control, ya Allah. Ya Allah you grant us this wealth of ikhlas, ya Allah. ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين